All right, open your Bibles to Hebrews chapter 1, verses 1 to 3. Father, bless the reading of your word today in Jesus' mighty name. In the past, God spoke to our forefathers through the prophets at many times and in various ways. But in these last days, He has spoken to us by His Son, whom He appointed heir of all things and through whom He made the universe. The Son is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of His being, sustaining all things by His powerful Word. After He had provided purification for sins, He sat down at the right hand of the majesty in heaven. Thank you for your word. Thanks be to God. Amen. So we're right now we're finishing up a series that we've entitled Heaven and Earth. And the idea is that, that heaven really is coming to earth. In, and, and the connection for us is Jesus Christ. Jesus brings heaven and earth together. Jesus comes as a man just and brings... Uh, what is of heaven uh, to the earth. And so that's kind of what we've been looking at, that He came, He lived, He died, He was raised, and He's been ascended to the right hand of the Father. He's there at the right hand of majesty, and He's coming again. And it's all through the New Testament. If you think about all the different ways, the book of Acts starts with Jesus ascended, Jesus coming again. The, the book of... Uh, uh, Ephesians, the theme there is Jesus ascended, Jesus coming again. In Revelation, uh, what we just read here, Hebrews, same, same thing. In Revelation, it's like the ascended Lord is speaking to us and He's encouraging us. He's saying, remember your first love when He speaks to Ephesus and the different churches. I'm knocking on the door. Won't you open and let me in? You know, He says, don't be lukewarm in your hearts, but be Stay passionate. Stay fired up for Jesus. Stay encouraged in your hearts about the things of the Lord. And then Revelation ends with the Spirit and the Bride. That's us. The church says, come Lord Jesus. Won't you come again? And so we live in this tension, in this in-between time where Jesus is on the throne and He's reigning, but He's expressing that reign through us. And He's coming again to finalize it. We're in the, this now, it's here, but it's not fully here yet and we're longing for it. Does that make sense? So that's, that's kind of the story that we've been looking at. Jesus is exalted. Jesus is coming again. So love while you wait. So listen while you wait. And then today, so live, really live while you wait. And this is wonderful. This whole message of you know, I've not done a series just on the Ascension before. And so I'm, I'm seeing stuff that I haven't seen before. And, you know, it's encouraging me because that's the way, that's the way it is in the Lord. The, you see more of the unsearchable riches of Christ. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 8. I remember there was a day when I read that verse and smoke started, it was just a wisp of smoke. It wasn't a lot, but it started rising out of this right ear and a spring popped out of my forehead, right? Just boing, like that. That's hyperbole. And, and because I realized, I realized that I wasn't ever going to get to the end of this. And just the ascension is just another one of those things where you like kind of walk through a door and you're like, um, oh, okay. That's an undiscovered continent waiting to be explored and all the the truth the riches the goodness the grace the grandeur of Jesus Christ Did that fire anybody up yeah. but 
The thing is, I don't always live there. I don't always live standing at the door of adventure. Can I get a witness? <laughs> you know, a lot of my days are pretty mundane. There's ups, you know, and I'm, you know, standing there, a silhouette, capes blowing in the wind, you know. And then there's other days where I'm like gripey, complainy, and that's the way life is. Life's up and down, and, and at least it is for me. I'm kidding about the, the cape and all that. That's not real life. Real life is like a race. It's like a race. We're running. Stuff happens. Your lungs start burning. Anybody know what I'm talking about? If you haven't done something in a long time and you feel that I remember years ago, I used to play a lot of basketball, and I hurt my knee, and then I tried to go play again quite a bit later, and I was with Todd, and my lungs were about to come inside out. I was like, that burning thing, I'm like, I'm dying. What happened? I used to be, could, man, at least in my mind, I'd do all kinds of stuff. Yeah, and so life's like a race, and so... uh I think I showed this video a while back, but in the Big Ten Championships, a number, indoor championships a number of years ago for track, there was this girl named Heather Dornenden, and she was running the 600, which is, she was a champion, and it was basically a sprint. She just moved out into the lead on the last, right at the start of the last lap, and somebody clipped her from behind, and she, I mean, she's running full speed and falls. I mean, not like gracefully, I just, bam, you know, stomach, chest, face, Legs go up in the air like this, and everybody runs past her. She gets up, she starts running around the first curve, gets to the back side of the track and starts catching the, the last people. She gets to the curve, and she's starting to come up on the lead group, and by the time she gets to the finish line by two inches, whoosh, and wins the race. It, it, it's, it's absolutely incredible. People screaming and all that stuff. And sometimes it's like that, you know, when we... We, we get up, but that's part of what endurance and perseverance is about. Uh, some of you guys know that my daughter, Emily, who was uh, right there, was leading worship here today, and uh, she was a basketball player in high school and college, and, but a lot of people don't know that she was a distance runner and was in the cross country in the state championship, and uh, I couldn't be there. Kim was down there in Waco, and... Uh, We'd, we'd scheduled in Joel Comiskey like a year and a half before, and I had to be here on this day, but I'd left the meeting. It was a little conference, and I left the meeting to go outside and take the call. Kim's walking me through it, blow by blow. She's running. She's doing great. She's in the lead pack. She was favored to be all state because her times were like that, and she's in the lead pack, and she was 300 yards from the finish, and they go through this little gully where there's some trees, and she goes, she goes to them. She just went down in the gully. All the leaders just came out, and she's not there. And then a few seconds later, as not more people, more people started coming by, then she comes out, runs, and finishes about 15th or something like that. We found out afterwards that she ran down in the gully and blacked out. Maybe didn't have enough water or whatever it is you do when you're running. You're doing fine. You know, it's like they pulled the, the plug, you know. And uh, not everybody's going to get that one. Uh, some will. And... Uh, so she, she blacks out, and her coach comes up to her and says, Emily, 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 and if you want to get up and run, you can do it, but I cannot touch you. I can't help you up. You're going to have to get up. And so she gets up, and she finishes the race. 
She gets to the end. Kim said she was being real loud. I passed out. I passed out. You know. <laughs> the point, though, is that that's kind of like life. You know, sometimes we're tripped from behind. Sometimes we're just kind of doing our own thing, and we didn't get enough nutrients or water or whatever, and, you know, a sniper shoots us, and, you know, we're down for a, down for a little while. The question is, do you get back up? Or do you just stay? Sometimes you face planted and you go, oh, I think I'll just stay here and wallow for a bit. You know, but the Lord's calling us. That's what this message is about, is that because He's the ascended, resurrected and ascended Lord who's coming again, there's always hope for whatever stuff or junk or hard times or persevering thing that we're needing to walk through. That's the amen time right there. So, main thing is this. God, it's an invitation. God is inviting us to live our lives in the light of Jesus, who is the exalted Lord and is coming again. It changes everything because He's the living Savior. Not just back then, not just kind of, let's try to order our lives around what Jesus might do. He's alive right now. And there's a belief invitation for all of us right now. So let's look at this. We've got three things from Hebrews chapter 1, verses 1 to 3. Just three quick points and then some application, and we will land this plane. So, first of all, Jesus is prophet, Jesus is priest, Jesus is king. You hear those offices talked about, they're referred to in multiple, many places in the Old Testament and the New Testament, and this is one of those places. Jesus is prophet, Hebrews chapter 1, verses 1 and 2. In, those, in the past, God spoke to our forefathers through the prophets, at many times and in various ways. But in these last days, He has spoken to us by His Son, whom He appointed heir of all things, and through whom He made the universe. He's holding all things together by the power of His Word. So what does a prophet do? He represents God. He brings light into darkness. He demonstrates the Word of God. Jesus is the Word of God. Jesus is the Word of God that these Scriptures that are the Word of God point to. So it's pointing to Jesus. He's the key to understanding everything that we read here. He's the key to understanding how we interpret this. Jesus is uh, the prophet for us. Moses said it like this in, De in Deuteronomy chapter 18, verse 15. He's prophesying the coming of Jesus. And he says, The Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from among your own brothers. You must listen to him. You must listen to him. What was said on the Mount of Transfiguration? This is my son, whom I love. Listen to him. Listen to Jesus. Listen for him. Look for him. Listen for him. That's what we do. So Jesus is prophet. Jesus is priest. Verse 3, after he had provided purification for sins. So there's the priest part. What does a priest do? A priest represents people. Uh, like the, in Israel, they would represent the people. They would do the work in the temple. They would represent the people to God. Does that make sense? So that's what Jesus, it, he's our high priest, the once and for all high priest who represents us to God. Hebrews chapter 8, verses 1 and 2 says it this way. Hebrews 8, he's just been talking about Jesus as a priest forever in the order of Melchizedek. In chapter 8, verse 1 the point of what we are saying is this. We do not, we do, excuse me, the point of what we're saying is this. We do have such a high priest 
who sat down at the right hand of the throne of the majesty in heaven. There's the king piece. And who serves in the sanctuary, the true tabernacle set up by the Lord and not by man. So Jesus, as our high priest, he lives to make intercession for us. He's praying for us. He's he's leading us into the throne room of God in worship. He's our mediator. He is the mediator between between men and God. He's the mediator even between us, one another, because you have Jesus, I have Jesus, then he brings us together, even as he brings us to God. And the way that works is he's bringing us to God, but in the process of bringing us to God, he's bringing us closer to one another. See how that works? So then Jesus is prophet, Jesus is priest, Jesus is king. That's the third piece there. Jesus is king. After he had provided purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty in heaven. So what we're talking about here, Jesus ascended is prophesied all through the Old Testament. It's declared in the New Testament. Psalm 110 is the most quoted psalm in the New Testament, but far and away the most quoted psalm. And it starts off like this. The Lord says to my Lord. So this is David speaking about the coming Lord. The Lord says to the coming Lord, Jesus, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet. So Jesus is the king, and that's what the New Testament, in quoting this over and over and over, it's talking about the reign of King Jesus. He's on the throne. He is seated at the right hand of the majesty, and he is, his, his enemies are being made a footstool for his feet. The last enemy to be destroyed is death. That's what's going on. So he's won the victory over Satan, and now he's expressing that victory through us. When we walk in His ways, when we do His will, when we trust Him and obey Him, we are expressing the reign of God on the earth right now. So He is reigning. You know, uh, Psalm 110 also has the priest verse as well. It says, you are a priest forever in the order of Melchizedek. Where I want to get to, just for a moment here, is Psalm 24. Turn in your Bibles to Psalm 24, which is a great ascension psalm and uh, been reading some of the church fathers in their sermons on psalm 24 i mean like heavyweight guys that like this psalm is about the ascension so you got justin martyr and irenaeus and athanasius and augustine and ambrose and maximus all these different guys preaching this psalm that i'm about to share with you guys uh just as an ascension psalm. And this is the way 22, 23, and 24 actually work together. Psalm 22, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And it seems like God's gone, but then at the end of the psalm it says, you've not forsaken me, you've vindicated me, and I will declare your name in the presence of the congregation, my brothers and sisters. Psalm 23 then is, anybody know that one? The Lord is my shepherd in the valley of the shadow of death. It's kind of you know, the picture there of Jesus in the grave and then being raised again. You'll prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies, you know. And then we get to Psalm 24, which is an ascension psalm. Let's read it together. I'll read it. Um, The Lord, excuse me, the earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all who live in it. He founded it upon the seas and established it upon the waters. Who may ascend the hill of the Lord? And who may stand in his holy place? 
He who has clean hands and a pure heart. He who does not lift up his soul to an idol or swear by what is false. You know, I can remember growing up and or when I was first exposed to this psalm, he who has clean hands, and I'm like, ah, oh, my hands aren't clean. You know, and thinking, I gotta, what do I gotta do? You know, I gotta do something to clean these hands up. But it's about Jesus. It's about Jesus. I want us to see this, and it'll make even it'll get even bigger here in just a moment. He will receive blessing from the Lord and vindication from God his Savior. Such is the generation of those who seek Him, who seek your face, O God of Jacob. So, and this sounds familiar, we sing these songs. Lift up your heads, O you gates. Be lifted up, you ancient doors, that the King of glory may come in. And then the, then the question, who is this King of glory? Isn't that interesting? I mean, Jesus as God, is to, He's the King of glory. But He comes up to the gates and be lifted up, you ancient doors. Get ready. The king of glory is coming in. And then the question from the other side of the gates, who is this king of glory? Because Jesus is now coming. There's some differences here. He's got nail-scarred hands in the body of glorified humanity. Who is this king of glory? And here's the answer. Who is this king of glory? He's the Lord Adonai, strong and mighty. The Lord mighty in battle. Lift up your heads, O you gates. Lift them up, you ancient doors, that the King of glory may come in. I'm hearing music and stuff in my head right now. Just the, the King of glory who represents us, who includes us in His life, takes us with Him into the throne room of heaven. That the King of glory, who is this King of glory? The Lord Almighty. He is the King of glory. Absolutely huge, that He's living, that He's reigning, that He's brought us with Him into the throne room where we can enjoy the, the Father's presence, the fullness of the Spirit, His life. So that's the preaching. And here's the application. Everybody ready? So practically, that means for us, because Jesus is living, reigning, ascended, exalted, coming again, that there's some practical things we do. We learn, and we learn these things because we're growing up and nobody's arrived. Okay, so we're growing up and nobody's arrived. We're in process. I, but I'm, but I, I want to learn. I want to grow. I don't want to stay where I was. So we learn, first of all, to look and listen. I keep emphasizing this because I think we need it emphasized. We just, we, we need to emphasize it. Uh, why am I doing this? Uh, yeah, that's weird. <laughs> Anybody remember the bracelets? WWJD? WWJD, I don't know if they're still out, out around much. That what would Jesus do? You know, it's kind of like, it's kind of in the past or what might happen. And you know, really, it's, it's not a bad question. It just, it's not, it may not empower you in the midst of the moment like, well, Jesus would have done this, and therefore I may or may not do I'm going to do what I want to do. So I'm coming up with a new bracelet, and it's going to be W-I-J-D. I had somebody guessed it. That's awesome. What is Jesus doing? Because he's alive. He's reigning. He's the king. What is he doing right now is what matters. 
That's the, that's the thing we've got to get because when you see, it's like almost your faith has to come alive to actually believe this, that Jesus is not just did some stuff back then and now we're kind of trying to order our lives around what he did, but he's doing stuff right now. He's living, reigning, speaking, healing, delivering, all the stuff that he was doing, he is doing. You know, that same kingdom that he established is still coming and being expressed right now. Of the increase of his government, there will be no end. Bigger, 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 bigger. And so the question then is how many times do I need to look and listen throughout the day? Eight? Nine? Eleven? More, right? David said seven times a day will I praise you. Oh God, just there's a, there's a repetitiveness that because we get distracted so fast. Jamie's, I, I, liter- okay, I literally had this experience. I'm making this point and I'm realizing I haven't paused to just look to Jesus in a few minutes. I'm working on the sermon, getting all kinds of great ideas, undiscovered continents, you know, riding away, you know. But I hadn't just paused and said, Jesus, speak to me. And I am in my person probably different than you guys, I am so quick to squirrel. I am so squirrel. I, I am easily, uh, 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 yeah, you know, and, and, and that's life. It really is. And so we have to be intentional to look to Jesus, the prophet who's speaking to us. Second piece, practically, we learn to pray and worship. It's a learned thing. Again, not what was Jesus do? What would Jesus do? But what is Jesus doing? He's praying. He's, he lives to make intercession. He's ushered us with him into the throne room where worship is eternally going on. Holy, holy, holy. He's brought us with him. Sat down at the right hand of the majesty of, of heaven. And so worship's happening. Prayer's happening. What is Jesus doing? That is a life-changing thing for us because we become like what we worship. We are constantly, and prayer, you know, shapes us. Worship shapes us. When I, I remember, I was still in business, but I was getting fired up about Jesus years ago, and I got a journal. And the first thing I wrote in the journal was, Lord, make me a man of prayer. That was the first thing I wrote. I just thought, like, if I can get the prayer thing, figure out how to pray, then I can navigate what comes. You know, it's more like the goose rather than the golden egg or something. You know, it's like, I want to stay connected to what is going to meet the need of the hour that's unexpected right now. I can't see out into the future. But if I could pray, then, man, that, that would be awesome. Second piece there is worship. You know, when we, when we started the church, there was something, and it's in our DNA. You, you experience it when you're here. But it's like we were uh, pilgrims crossing the ocean, as it were, for have freedom to worship God like we see worship in the Scriptures. And, you know, you don't have to do all the stuff on a given day. I mean, we just, spirit and truth worship is from the deepest place within you out into reality. Truth means reality. Into, like, it's affecting my face. Like, you know, presence of God. I can't be like... I can't be like that in the midst of the praise of God, right? And so all that kneeling, falling, standing, dancing, clapping, shouting, laying prostrate stuff, 
you don't have to do that on any given day, but you're certainly free. You know, some of the, the ways that you worship really will, each one of those times that we follow the Lord and say yes, it's like a little breakthrough. And I can't tell you how many times I've been on my knees and the Lord's like, touch your forehead to the ground, face, face down. It's another worship format, you know, or position, posture. And then sometimes I sense the Lord saying, I'm like on my knees and like a little lower, a little lower, you know. And, and even I've done prostrate a number of times, but it's always like a little sacrifice of praise to me to lay all the way Come on, you're getting closer. <laughs> I want you to lay down. I want you to just go for it and lay all the way in this. Oh, Lord, this is awkward. And he meets me and he meets us in the midst of worship. And we're changed. We're shaped. The more we look to Jesus, the more we're shaped and conformed from one level of image and glory to the next. And the last piece there is that we learn to trust and obey and all week long, I've been singing this song. You know, we don't really, I don't know how you put it to an you know, electric guitar, but trust and obey. For there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. And I, I need it, this face. I, I was looking in the mirror this morning, and I've noticed that there's, there's, some, there's some, something happening right here and right here. Just, it's getting fuller. Just these little things right here. But I noticed that if I smile, <laughs> they kind of go away. <laughs> and so I want to trust and obey Jesus. I want to be somebody that's happy, finding my joy and strength in the Lord, it, not just for the vain reason of making these bags go away, but because that's my destiny in God, to trust and obey Him because He's King Jesus, you know? And again, wrapping this up, landing the plane here. Just, we are, we're, if we're running a race, and stuff's going to happen. You know, I, I wish it wasn't that way, but stuff happens. I get tripped from behind sometimes, like, hey, you know? And then sometimes I black out or I fall on my own. And sometimes we hit delays. Anybody ever hit a delay where you thought something was going to happen in a certain time frame? And it's like, wow. You know, I thought that word was like, for me, tomorrow, next week. I know it was going to be for four years later. You know, like, ah, uh, you know, the Apostle Paul got a word he's going to touch the nations. Fourteen years later, he got sent out by the Antioch church in Acts chapter 13. Fourteen years. I mean, he had a pretty, it was a pretty good word, you know, like blinding light, Jesus, pretty high quality, confirmed kind of, I think he's right, it was, it was good. Ananias, you know, everybody. <clears throat> so... Life is like that, though. There's delays, stuff that happens. I've got a good friend. I just listened to the end of his message down at Antioch in Waco uh, from a couple weeks ago. J.D. Griffin, he's going to plant a church. Antioch, Austin. Antioch Community Church, Austin, Texas. Down there by the university. And uh, he was talking about adopting their children and just how, just how difficult that process was. They've got two twin girls from... It was going to be Uganda, then it was going to be Kenya, then it ended up, I think, being Ghana. I mean, it's just, and they went through this process and just delays and delays and delays. Otha came up to me after first service and, and uh, he said, in our, they were foster care for Malia and uh, just how many times they were right there 
of giving her, giving her away, and then the doctor would go, you know, I can't sign this right now. And he gave like five examples in a row of how these little delays led to Malia being in their family now. Just delays and things that God used in the midst of all of that to make things right. And he is doing that in us. And he will continue to do that. When we hit the ground, don't stay on the ground in the dirt, planted there. When you're, somebody trips you from behind, don't stay on the ground. When, when you black out or when you have, face delays, remember that Jesus Christ is raised from the dead, ascended to the right hand of the Father, and coming again. And so there's always hope. That means there's always hope. No matter what I'm going through, no matter what kind of emotional anguish, no matter how I'm thinking funky, no matter how much I'm, I'm hurting on the inside, no matter how hard something's been, or financial situation, or health situations, or work situations, or student situations, there's always hope. There's always hope. And it's good news. And I just want to say again this morning, whatever situation that you find yourself in, as you're running the race, as you're facing delays, look to Jesus. Prophet, priest, king. He's making things right. He's expressing His reign through us. Y'all stand. Worship team, come on up. Ministry team, come on up. Amen. So here's the deal. Always kind of helps to get clear. When we go through these hard times, different situations, what we need is Jesus. We need clarity about who He is and what He's doing. You know, uh, Frank Laubach, years ago in the early 60s, had been a, this missionary. He had helped. He started a reading plan. And it was basically each one, teach one. Each, each person teaches a person. He was asked at the United Nations in the middle of the Cold War, what does the world need? You've helped 60 million people read. What does the world need? All this political stuff that's happening. And he looked at the United Nations guy and he said, more of Jesus. More of Jesus. That's what's needed in the world is more of Jesus. And there's, that's what's needed in our own situations right now. We need to see him as he really is. And how He's empowering us. We're not just looking at our situation. We're looking at our situation through the eyes of Jesus who's looking into the eyes of the Father who's not blown away by what you're going through. He can help you. You'll trust Him. Look to Him. So Father, meet us today. Whatever's going on, health-wise, finances, families, different situations, Lord, would you just have mercy and grace. And Lord, just pray that we'd be able to reach out and bring an encouragement to someone beside us who's running the race. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, whatever your need is, we, we do this. If you're visiting with us, we do this at the end of every service. We just take a little time to, to pray and to respond in our hearts to God. So Lord, speak right now. What is the thing where we need the breakthrough? What is the thing where we've fallen? What is the thing where we just need some encouragement from you? to see you and the hope that you bring. Again, whatever your need is, you guys, come and get prayer. Amen. He's good. He answers prayer. Until now you've not asked, but ask in my name. It'll be my joy to see that prayer answered in Jesus' name.